Magnus Podcast, Episode 13, Overthrowing Technocracy. At the heart of our mission here at the Albertus Magnus Institute is this relentless desire to promote authentic human freedom. Now, ironically, one of the greatest obstacles to authentic human freedom in your life as well as mine, chances are it is this very device through which you are listening to this very podcast at this very moment. That is technology, the stuff we have made And as a culture of moderns, we have this strange choice before us right now to choose to unite ourselves in flesh to that which we have made or that which makes us. Will we be ruled by our technology or by our maker? It's a decision that we're all faced with, and so often we make the wrong choice. But in today's episode of the Magnus Podcast, we're sitting down with Dr. Tom Zimmer from Lander, Wyoming and Wyoming Catholic College, who's going to give us a masterclass in the fine art of overthrowing the technocracy. It starts with stepping outside. And that's why what's going on at Wyoming Catholic is so fruitful, because every student gets this immediate encounter with the first great book, the book of God's creation. It's shocking, it's deadly, but it is liberating. Wyoming Catholic also has this great program that Dr. Tom Zimmer runs called Core Expeditions. Core stands for Catholic Outdoor Renewal. You can learn about it at coreexpeditions.org as linked in the show notes. And anybody, no matter who you are, no matter your state in life, alone or with a group, you can visit coreexpeditions.org and experience this for yourself, and you should. And in the meantime, enjoy this conversation, which will wrap up, for now anyway, our series of interviews highlighting the great work at Wyoming Catholic College. More on Wyoming Catholic at wyomingcatholic.edu. And don't forget to apply for the Magnus Fellowship at magnusinstitute.org. Plenty of applications flowing in from all over the country, and it's beautiful to see. So check out magnusinstitute.org for more there and enjoy this conversation with Dr. Tom Zimmer. <laughs> All, right. All right. So Tom Zimmer, what is it that you do here? So I kind of have two roles. I'm a, I'm a professor in leadership and outdoor education. So I teach in the classroom, uh, but I also run the outdoor program for the college. And then I'm also the executive director of Core Expeditions, which essentially is it's an outreach program, which, uh, which we're bringing the outdoors now to people who are not Wyoming Catholic College students. So it used to be uh, you had to be a student to, to partake in our, uh, our outdoor trips. So now we, we provide, uh, you know, this year we'll provide about 40 trips for uh, other organizations, other colleges, other high schools. Um, and programs that contract through us for a very specific course for their group. We also have a few open enrollment trips where where anybody of that age group can basically fly so, in. So as I'm trips. as I'm learning of your college, yeah. being here, taking it all in, meeting the students, meeting the the professors, uh, I'm saying to myself, I, I want to do this. Yeah, <laughs> and now uh, you can <laughs> with core expeditions. 
the other thing that we do is is, is family trips. So we have, we have wow. a big ranch. Uh, uh-huh. Last year we did a five day uh, rafting trip with twenty five people. It was about five different families. Uh, but we also have a ranch. Um, so if you're familiar with you know some of those like Catholic family land things like that, it's similar in the fact that a bunch of families come together, but it's at a ranch and. And it's centered around the Catholic faith, and there's daily mass and things like that. But then during wow. the day, we have more like outdoor activities rather than maybe mm-hmm. playing softball or something with your family. You're actually going rock climbing with your family. Young families, you're going canoeing. You're going, young kids. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've we had a, a family last year that had a 19 year old boy all the way down to a two year old child, and even yes, a two year old can climb. We have harnesses for tiny little wow. kids. And, and you know they're they're climbing right next to daddy, maybe ten feet tall, uh, but they're they're learning how to do that. And the key is that the families are doing this together. Um, and so yeah, wow. And now uh, core is an acronym for something. Yeah, it's it's Catholic Outdoor Renewal, and uh, and basically you know it's funny if you if you think about you know fifty years ago we didn't really need that because most people still went That's outside. Right. Yeah. Um, but now the more that people. And, and even Catholic families, it's just, it's, it's easy to get sucked into being indoors, um, or living in a city where you don't have access to being out outside. Yeah. And, and when I say outside, I mean in the wilderness, and in God's first book, where you're surrounded by things that are not man-made. Yeah. Um, and so renewal, we call it that because when you go out there, you, every time I go out and I go out a lot, I go on, you know, six to 10 trips a year. And every time I go out and I don't live in a big city, I live in a tiny little town of Lander. Um, and even when I go out, I, I just, my faith is regenerated, it's re- revived, it's renewed because I get to kind of have that silence, that solitude, have, you know, all the different things that the wilderness provides for me to be able to uh, not be stressing out about checking my emails and, and yeah. all those things, but actually be able to devote some time to, to, to be thinking about God, but to also just be surrounded yeah. by his creation and, and what we call God, God's first serious book. modern problem, which Wyoming Catholics seems to address really well, and that is the problem of uh, technology and it really a technocracy. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, and there's nothing wrong with technology. We're using it right now to exactly. con- convey this conversation. <laughs> yeah. But um, we are more and more as humans, uh, you know, uniting ourselves to yeah. these things that we've made rather than trying to be uniting ourselves to the, the one who's made us. Absolutely. And that has a sort of addicting effect, as everybody knows. You know, everybody who who is glued to their smartphone and, um, you know, I'm guilty of this. And yeah. when, I, when I try to... I am too. When I try I'm to, in front like, country. It's, yeah. It's, so it's do you so find that there's this, this period of detox that you need? And how long does that typically take for one who first encounters the great Wyoming wilderness? Yeah, you know, uh, so for our custom courses, for core expeditions, people are always wondering, you know, what's the perfect trip length? And uh, even when I first came here... The, the college, they have a 21-day trip as for freshmen, um, but they, they're, they're, they, we, we call them week-long trips, and they happen during fall break and spring break, and they were only three to four days. And the reality is, is it takes about two to three days, almost three days, to stop thinking about the front country and stop thinking about the emails and all the things you have to do. And then finally you're, you're actually like you're focused on the moment and living in the moment. Yep. And then the problem is, is about a day, if not two days before you leave the back country, you're starting to think. So, you know, if, if my last day in the field is on Friday and I'm coming out on Saturday morning and I know that I'm going to be at that car and I know within a couple hours I'm going to have access to email 
then you're already thinking about that the day before. Right. So like a four-day trip, I always tell people who are, you know, contracting these courses or, or signing up for these courses that a four-day trip doesn't really get you into that mode. Seven days is kind of what I really yeah. try to, to, to hit towards. And there's research behind that, but there's also just my personal experience yeah. of doing this for 25 years. I have, it takes me two to three days to stop worrying about everything else in the front country. And, and yes, I miss my kids and yes, I miss my, my wife. Um, but all of a sudden by day three, I'm actually having real conversations with students. Yeah. I'm focused on like their needs, what they, I, I'm, I'm invested in our conversation rather than, yeah, I'm talking to a student, but I'm still thinking about the front country. And then when I'm about a day out, I'm start thinking about, okay, so when I get to the computer or when I get home or when I get cell service, who am I going to call first? What am I going to tell my wife? What am I going to check in with my kids? Did my, was my son being good in school? You know, all these things. Right. And so that, that's a big thing that we try to do is try to make sure that those trips have that time to really detox and really have that opportunity. And, you know, back to the technology thing, I think I have two quick thoughts on that. First of all, I used to teach at big universities, uh, one at University of Utah and then Western State College in Colorado, and uh, I was surrounded by technology, um, and I thought it was great, and when I came here, I thought it was kind of crazy, and I'm like, this is nuts. How can you, you know, the staff that I have, like, I can't get a hold of them, like, I can't just text them in any moment, um, and the reality is, is it took me about, you know, six months to start realizing how much of a gift it is, and I absolutely love it. Having, having come from knowing what it's like and talking to my colleagues who, who don't work for a tiny little college, they work for big universities, and when I tell them about this policy and I tell them the way that our students actually engage with each other and interact with each other, and even on a simple car drive, a 10-hour drive to go to the next trip, all my colleagues... Uh, they call it isolation station, and it's it's a 15 passenger van full of a bunch of kids. And if they have if they have service, they are all texting, they are all streaming their own music, their own videos. Yep. And in our car drive, when we're driving 10 hours to go down to Zion National Park, for example, our students are actually having real conversations with each other. Yeah, they listen to music, they're singing, but they're 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 not in isolation stations. <laughs> yep, I've noticed this. Your students in a, in a beautiful way that I don't encounter many other places uh it's funny but they look at you in the eyes yeah when you talk to them yeah absolutely and they're they're interested they want to listen they want they you know very i mean friendly is not the right word yeah but, but um just in tune with what's going on around them in a way that so many young people aren't yeah, I would, I would say it's kind of like I don't know when you went to college but I went to college in the 90s and I feel like it's more like that and yeah. And I went, so I went, I taught at my alma mater 10 years after I had graduated in my undergraduate program, actually about 15 years after. And I went back to the school with this perception of like, I'm going back to that magical place where I got my four year degree and it's all going to be the same. It's got the same rivers, the same climbing, the same outdoor program. But now I get to be a professor instead of being a student. And I got there and it was just, it was day and night because the students were different yep. and it wasn't what I expected. And obviously I was adult, so it was a different experience altogether, but, uh, but, but it was, it was different. The students were completely I've different. I've heard that. And yeah. I, so I graduated college in 2005 and I think right around then is when the iPhone came out mm. and smartphones. I, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just a game changer yeah, totally. for the way people operate with one another, yeah. the way people think. And it's in many ways, anti-human as helpful as these things are. It's really... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I tell my students all the time, when I go outside, I feel alive. Yeah. You know, I don't feel alive when I'm behind a desk. I mean, I'm alive, obviously, I'm breathing, but but I don't feel like that, like, 
that like joy and that vibrant energy of being alive. Right. You know, right. like when I when I kayak a river or when I even when I'm just hiking. And I think we all kind of feel that when we're outside uh, because when I'm stuck behind a desk or I'm stuck in traffic or I'm watching a movie. Yeah, it's entertaining. Uh, but but man, like and even reading a book. Yes, it's entertaining and, and it's great. But for me, when I feel the wind on my face, when I feel the cold splash of water on my face, it's it just it wakes me up. It's almost like you're kind of falling asleep in, in, in the traffic yeah. and then you get splashed by the water when you're kayaking or you get, you get hit by some, some fresh snow when you're going up the chairlift and, uh, and I just feel alive. It's yeah. really incredible. And, and being constantly aware that there's many things around you that could kill you. Yeah. Right? And, and because of that, you have to actually, you're like, so you're not just out there, you're actually thinking about all this stuff and you're, you're soaking in all this information. It's, it's a really, uh, I love it. I, I, obviously, that's why yeah. I do it for 25 years now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, another really cool thing, uh, Dr. Holmes, one of our uh, theology professors, one thing that he, he mentioned to the students is this idea that even, the, even in this room right now, you know, the listeners don't know this, but yeah, we're in a room. It has four walls. It has a window. It has air conditioning. It has heating. It has lights that we can turn on or off. And the way he describes it is when you're in a building, you're like a god. Because you can control the temperature, you can control the heat, you can control the lighting, you can control everything. You can hang up things that you want, you can remove things that you don't want, you can change the paint colors, so on and so forth. Um, But when we're outside, we're humbled because we're not a god. And and if there's a lightning storm or a rainstorm heading my direction, there's nothing I can do about it. I can go in a tent, but that's about as... It's about as good as I can get. That's right. And so, again, it makes you feel alive, I feel like. Yeah. And not in any sort of modern, like, thorough-ish way. Like, it's not like we're going out, you you know, out there to, uh, I don't know, to worship the nature. Oh, totally. No. At all. But you're so right. Like, and even Aquinas would talk like this. Like, we we can know, you know, we're in a room right now. And we can know the things that we've made. We can know these artifacts exhaustively because we've made them. Yeah. But when we step out into the world that God created uh, without our help, it, it, Aquinas says you can't even so much as exhaust the essence of a single gnat, a single yeah, yeah. fly. You <laughs> know, totally. like you could spend forever contemplating yeah. one twig you bump into in the forest. Totally, totally. I find I'm an, I'm an, like a very novice deer hunter. Oh, okay, cool. And uh, but I find that when I first get out there, you know, you look around and be like, ah, oh, no deer here, bummer. You yeah. Know? But the more you just sit, the more you watch. Oh, okay, print there, sign there. Yeah, absolutely. Smell this, smell that. You yeah. know, and your senses become uh, like hyper attuned to reality. Yeah, totally. And you just see things a little more slowly. A little yeah. more deliberately, absolutely. A little more truly. Yeah, it's kind of uh, you know you read a you read a great poem about about water, for example, and you've never really been on the water, or you read the the Iliad or the Odyssey, and you've never been sailing before, you've never been out on the ocean, and then all of a sudden, and that's a that's a huge part of why we have this program is is you know. Now our students, they're going out on the water and they're actually feeling the cold water hit their face and they're feeling the power of the paddle stroke and they're feeling the power of the current. And then now as they're reading, whether it's a, a great poem about water or, or a, a great book about, about being in water and being surrounded by water, it's, you now have these senses that are much more aware. Yeah. You, know, you can kind of imagine that, that back, 
back when those books were were written, you know, a lot of the people who were reading them, they 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 did spend time on the water. And uh, you know, myself being landlocked, growing up in Colorado, it's just a different. It would be a different book if I had never been on the water before. Right. But now, having been on the water quite a bit, been in surfing before, it's it's just these things they pop out a little bit more, um, and they become alive. The readings that our students are, are reading become alive because. You know, they're, they're actually experiencing these things that they're reading about, and, and it just pops out. Yeah. So for, you probably know, but for Plato, um, music and gymnastic, what he calls gymnastic, have yeah. an essential place in the formation of the human soul. And gymnastic is sort of hard to do in the classroom for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. And even, you know, many institutions that are offering an amazing great books curriculum haven't seemed to figure out how to incorporate gymnastic. And, you know, and at this age, it's yeah. difficult, you know, yeah, it's yeah. probably for younger people, especially. Totally. But um, you guys do that, like, integrally. That, that is, like, you've integrated gymnastics, gy- the gymnastics, yeah. the, physical, the physical arts Absolutely. into yeah. the liberal arts. Absolutely. How essential is that uh, to accomplishing what's happening at Wyoming Catholic? Well, you know, the big thing that we're trying to do here is, is mind, body, and spirit. And so in order to have those three elements, they need to be part of all aspects of the college, right? And so, um, so, the, so the thing about, um, well, I guess the, the one thing to think about is, is God gave us this amazing body. So if you took somebody who is, works with their hands, let's say a carpenter yeah. or a mechanic or someone, uh, we would obviously want them to also engage in an intellectual life. Well, now if you take an intellectual, we would want them to engage in a life where they're, they're using their whole body. And so, you know, God gave us this amazing body. Um, and and to, to have that whole experience, mind, body, and spirit, we need to have that gymnastics component. And what's great about our program and being in Wyoming, it'd be tough to do this if we were, you know, in, in a different part of the country maybe. But here in Wyoming, we have access to so many different activities. And so, you know, when you think about gymnastics, you think about like using your body, using your body, hand-eye coordination, balance. So now you think about all the different activities that we do. And it's not just one activity because if we just did backpacking, yeah, there's some balance, but the backpacking compared to kayaking, whitewater kayaking, there's a whole new level of hand-eye coordination, learning how to do a roll, uh, understanding how the boat moves while your body is moving another direction as your boat's moving and the current's moving and trying to keep yourself upright. Now let's talk about rock climbing. There's a whole new level of balance and hand-eye coordination and strength. Uh, now let's go to canoeing and then let's go skiing and, uh, you know, on and on and on all the different activities that we're doing, rappelling, um, and, uh, you know, whether it's a water-based sport, land-based sport or snow-based sport, uh, all those sports have elements of that gymnastics coordination, yeah. strength, and what's great is, of course, they all work off of each other. So yeah. if you're a strong climber, you have you have some elements that's going to help you be a, a kayaker. And again, at the school, we're not we're not we're not trying to create that you know these Catholic climbers right. or Catholic kayakers. Right. We're giving them experiences to allow them to to engage in that aspect of their life, so that you know they can learn from them. 
because really it's a big, beautiful outdoor classroom out there yeah. where resilience, for example, maybe a student has, maybe an 18 year old comes in and has really strong resilience when it comes to maybe taking tests or writing papers or, or an intellectual feat that they have challenged, but maybe they haven't had resilience in another aspect of their life. Well, now they go out and they go kayaking and maybe they, they have to pull their skirt multiple times in their swimming and they keep getting back in the boat. Or maybe they get really scared when they're horseback riding and uh, they get on the horse and they get nervous and they, they, they want to get off the horse. Well, every time they get back on the horse and then they start thinking about this. And then the big thing with all our trips is each evening we actually have a conversation about how do we transfer what we learned today to the, to our future vocation um, or tomorrow to tomorrow. But then ultimately we really want them to think about what the heck does kayaking have to do with me being a priest right. five, 10 years from now? What yeah. the heck does, does whitewater rafting have anything to do with me being a mom or a dad or a husband or a wife or a business owner or whatever their vocation may be down the road. Um, so the key is that, that we learn so much from these bodily experiences, but it also just helps us be a well-rounded person. Yeah. And, and hopefully we don't get stuck into where, you know, our kids want to go on a hike, but we don't. Right. And so we're actually, we're, we're out there kicking the soccer ball with our kid and we're, we're engaged in that, yeah. in that, uh, that, it, that it, life. Uh, the, the liberal arts, uh, the classics that is, they, they have a bad rap for being useless. And in one sense, of course they are because they're ends in themselves. Uh, but that said, uh, if I if I were stuck on a desert island and had to pick one person to be uh, to to be stuck with as far as utility goes, mm-hmm. I'd I'd probably want to graduate from Wyoming yeah. Catholic College. <laughs> <I> Absolutely, mean, <laughs> they're, they're learning how to how to survive. They're learning how to how to you know such practical virtue. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no college in the country that that, that does a 21 day backpacking. Even Harvard and Stanford and these you know these big universities they have outdoor programs, but we're talking like two to three percent of the actual yeah. student population is doing it because it's by choice. Um, and right. so uh, we are the only college that first of all has an outdoor program where all the students are involved, but no college is even getting close to a 21 day trip for a freshman orientation, uh, even for a volunteer based. There's no college that I know that does a three-week backpacking trip for a college orientation. And I go to these big, big, big conferences and talk to these other schools, um, and uh, they're just they're shocked. And they're like, yeah. how, how do you get to do that? I wish we could do that. That's it. Pretty cool. I can't imagine any young person discerning what college to attend who wouldn't want to do this. Yeah, it's. I mean, definitely, there's people who come here who don't love the outdoors. Okay. And and they're not like, yay! I want to go climbing and I want to do this thing. But the, but I would say all of our students understand the importance of it. So yeah. there are clearly freshmen, many freshmen who come here and they're like, I'm not psyched on doing the 21 day trip, but but I know it's going to be good for me. And, and I'm, I'm not like looking forward to it. And I, I've been training and I'm here we are like, I'm not going to take a shower for 21 days. And then when they come back there, what I see is cause I get to teach them for three days in a wilderness medicine course beforehand. And I see high school kids come in. I really do. They're, mm. they're young yep. and they're, they're fresh out of coming from home. And then after three weeks they come back and they're like adults. It's like the, the quickest, yep. fastest rite of passage of saying, you did something. Think about this. You did something that your parents have never done. Yeah. 
Like I, don't, I only know maybe one or two parents who have sent their kids to the school who have done a 21-day backpacking trip. I certainly, as an 18-year-old, could never have said I did something that my dad hadn't done. Have you ever had a student burn out and just say, this is too much? From take, the outdoors? Take me back home. No, nope. yep. no. All of our students have done the 21-day trip. We've had, we've had a few students who had to come out because maybe they hurt their knee sure. or something like that. Um, but... Uh, but no, I mean, uh, we've had you know nearly 400 students who've done a 21-day trip as their freshman orientation, and that alone it helps with the motivation. You know, clearly about seven days in, we do a food re-ration where I go in um, and the uh, assistant director go in on horses to take the food. We bring about 600 pounds of food out there for for the ladies and for the guys. Um, and there's there's one or two students that are always like, you know, hey, can you have a, a side conversation with this student because they want to leave? Sure. Um, and you know, once you start giving them the understanding that, yeah, you can do this. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you don't have any siblings or your parents haven't done this before, but they're all the other students that you're going to see at this college. They've all done this. Like this is, this is well within your ability to do it. So on the flip side, has anybody, has anybody ever thought of it as being too easy, unchallenging? Is that, is that I've never had even like the, the crazy Eagle scout who shows up. It's <laughs> not because there's so much that happens. It's not just the outdoor yeah. physical challenge of it. It's, it's the social challenge. It's, you know, we're, we're making best friends out there, but we're also, you can't run away from somebody that you're frustrated with, which is really cool because it teaches you conflict management and it, it deal. It, it teaches you, you can't just run away at any other college. If you don't like somebody, you just never see them. You, you could literally just change a class. Oh, I don't like that student. I don't like that professor. I'm going to change the class or I'm just not going to go near that dormitory. And the reality is, is here, like you're, you're going to have to learn how to be a, a real person yeah. and, and how to like actually engage in this world. And I always tell the, the, the parents when they come here and then when their kids come here as a freshman, I, I, I explain to both of them. I say, look, actually, a, a better way to describe it is what I tell the high school kids who come here. And I say, look, if you're looking for an easy college where you, you just want to get by, then, then great. There's a lot of colleges out there that you can do that. But, but here's the... Here's the, the what you don't get from that college. When you graduate, you're not ready for the real world, and you're not a man or a woman. The difference is, yes, you, if you come here, you're going to be challenged. If you're if you're the outdoorsy person, you might be challenged in an academic class, or there might be a specific class that, that's a little more difficult for you. Vice versa, if you're like if you're like the A student and you've already read half these texts and you're already fluent in Latin, and then you come here, you might be pushed in the outdoor program. But either way, by the time you graduate from this college you are going to be you are going to be so prepared for the real world because not only did you have to have challenge academics you're also going to have challenging outdoor experiences and like i said even the eagle scout is 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 challenged by a 21 day backpacking trip and then they've never been kayaking before you right. you could come in and be like the best skier the best climber you've never been in whitewater before so you're going to be challenged that way and every student who leaves here, I believe, is is fully prepared as an adult to face all the different aspects of life um, rather than just maybe one element of their life. Tell me about the benefits of being in Lander. I, I, I was driving around last night and, you know, for those of you who've never been here, it's probably most of the most of the people listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> so four out of five, literally. Um <laughs> our, uh, our it, Lander is like this old west town in the yeah. middle of nowhere. You totally. got to drive three hours to the closest little tiny airport, yeah. you know, yeah. and uh, and it's beautiful. Yeah. But just driving home last night, I see dozens and dozens 
of college students just walking through downtown to get back to their dorm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. Uh, This, so I lived in Salt Lake City for years and then kind of the Colorado Springs, Denver area. Um, And then I got to live in some small towns in Colorado, Buena Vista, Colorado, and Gunnison. Um, And, uh, you know, when I first moved to Wyoming, I was like, I'm a Coloradoan. Like, I'm moving to Wyoming? What's going on here? Uh, but I love it here, and it's, it's crazy how many of my siblings who live in Denver, all my family live in Denver, Colorado Springs, and when they come up here, they're always, they're always like, how can I move up here? It's, it's, it's a peaceful place. You're in a city, you're in a town, but it's a peaceful place. And, I mean, for example, we do not have, my wife and I do not have keychains to our, to our house. Um, we never owned a key to our first house that we bought and sold about five years ago. Um, and now we're in our second no home. We just built a house. We literally do not have a key. I, I have a hiding, a hiding key in, on my porch. So you don't lock the but, doors. Because, well, we have garage door openers. Okay, but, yeah. but outside of that, like we also don't really lock the doors. It's not – I mean, at night I'll lock the doors when the kids are going to sleep. But it is – my car is always open. It's just – it's a peaceful place. And – and uh, it's just funny how many people are moving to Denver now and how Denver is turning into this, like, craziness. Yeah, heard, yeah. And now people are actually wanting to come to Wyoming because it is peaceful here. Uh-oh. And it allows you, I know, <laughs> there goes but the it, it allows you to actually kind of focus on what I think is the, the important things in life. Um, and my brother, for example, he, he commutes two hours a day. Um, and so two hours a day he's in a car and, and grant, granted he listens to podcasts like this and he uses that time in a more wise way, but I guarantee you, he wishes that he, that he didn't have to commute as much. Um, so he could be with his family or, you know, doing what needs to get done. But yeah. the, the, the biggest benefit of here, especially for our students is, is that you're, you're literally five minutes from the mountains. And when I say the mountains, I mean the actual mountains. Oh yeah. A five minute drive from here and you're in Six Canyon. Six Canyon has over I was just know, up there. 300 Amazing. climbing routes. There's a cave there that the students go into regularly. There's, there's I repelling. saw where the trout. Uh, oh, there's I fishing gotta, right there. There's cross country like, skiing. <laughs> what are these? No joke. Like these trout. Oh yeah. Like three foot long trout. Yeah. By, by the hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. You could you could have reached in and grabbed. Yeah, exactly. Grabbed, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, and then and then and the river when the river's flowing in the spring, I'm kayaking that. Um, there's backpacking this weekend. This weekend we have you know your typical college has you know a big basketball team or a you know a football team. Like hey, what are we doing on Saturday? We're gonna go watch the football team. Um, but what do our students do on the weekend? They're going up into the mountains. Um, and so, I mean, this weekend alone, we have two backpacking trips. We have a kayaking trip going out. We have a rock climbing trip going out, um, and a mountain biking trip going out. I was, so, I was just out in the, uh, in the barn out there with cowboy Kyle leading the students. Oh yeah. yeah. Horsemanship. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was, I, I was watching something and I told him this guy's, he's a good teacher. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's very, Absolutely. very pedagogical and, and very, he respects his students a great deal. Yeah. But it was just like something naturally Aristotelian. Like it was all about habitus yeah. and uh, and mastering this craft, respecting the animal. Yeah. Beautiful. Like that's human formation. And yeah. Well, that whole class is, 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 is focused on the four cardinal virtues. So it's really cool. I mean, it starts with. Yeah. He was talking about prudence. About yeah. Prudence, absolutely. Knowing what to do and knowing yeah. when to do it. And, yeah. he, you know, if you could imagine this old timer cowboy yeah. doing it. <laughs> You know, but he's like he's like he's spitting Aristotle. Yeah. You know, in a oh, absolutely. in a tack house with these with these students. Totally. 
Yeah. It's awesome. And then, and then, and then two hours later, they're in a class actually reading Aristotle. Yeah. And that's how he um, ended the yeah. lecture. And he says, okay, here's how you tie your knot. Uh, your horse is this, your horse is this. And they, they identified all the horses and yep. all the students went out and grabbed their horse. Yeah. And yeah. it just, uh, kind of made me feel like a city slicker to my, to totally, my totally. Shame, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, you know, even in the outdoors, we, we, we have an assignment when they go on the week-long trips. They have to find something in the academic curriculum that ties it to their experience um, on the trip. So, uh, so for example, I'll give you one example. is uh, We went ice climbing uh, in Colorado, and you get lowered into this pit. and You literally get lowered off the top of the ice climbing route down to the bottom. Then you have to climb out of this pit. Um, it's, it's a river gorge, but it kind of feels like a pit. And uh, in Dante, at the end, is, is there, there is, he's climbing out of literally out yeah, of hell, the ice. out of the ice, yep. uh, right before we got lowered in. One of the students read that Whoa. before we got lowered in, and I and I had climbed that probably you know fifteen twenty times on previous trips, but that was the first time I had heard that before I got lowered in. Like thinking about that experience as I'm getting lowered and as I'm climbing out, and it just it, it like I said it brings it brought that reading alive. Because here I am actually physically ice climbing out of a pit. <laughs> yeah. So it's really cool. Wow. I got two questions for you uh, to wrap it up here. Number one, uh, there's probably many people listening to this who can't come out to Wyoming Catholic or, or even do or even do the core program. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and yet everything you're describing is is something that we're also thirsty for. Yeah. And sometimes we don't even know we're thirsty for it until yeah. you kind of get a taste, especially related to the technology question and this busyness of the world, as you called it, the, uh, the front country. Yep. Is that yep. right? <laughs> yeah. Totally. <laughs> I learned a new term there. Um, what do you recommend people do uh, just that they can do in their own yeah. state of life? Totally. To change their mindset a little bit about the way we see things, the way we operate. Well, I think I think one challenge is that we we become uh, what what we call a fair weather outdoor person, and I'm already I'm I'm doing that already myself. Um, in other words, hey, I'm going to go on a hike today, and then oh, it's raining. I'm not going on a hike today. Yeah. Uh, well, the reality is is maybe walking in the rain is exactly what you need. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, good. And so the idea of, of don't just plan your day around the perfect day to go hiking because what's beautiful about the outdoors, like we have these week-long trips. So in, in one week, uh, end of September here, we're going to have 158 students going on 16 different trips in four different states. And, and they're going rain or shine. They're going snow or, sh- or shine. And, uh, and as much as we all, including myself, because I'm going to be on a, ri- a river trip, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope for and pray for beautiful sunny weather. I want to be on the sunny beach, throwing the Frisbee, and in fact, intentionally going swimming because I'm so hot. Right? That's what I want. Yep. But the reality is, is we've been snowed on before. Um, and in those moments, I'm like, oh, I wish it wasn't snowing. But, but I'm not saying, oh, I wish I was home, you know, because I'm so excited to be out there. So it's just really easy. Like if it's with my family, I might actually like look at the weather. Oh, it's snowing. We're not going to go on the rafting trip. Um, but the problem is, is when we do that, we don't go outside as much as we could. So that's one thing I would say is like, you know, if you're going to plan a day to go outside and maybe, maybe, maybe you don't want to go camping because it's like a crazy storm coming in, but still go out on a hike, you know, and if it rains, it rains. And in fact, we as adults, we don't like, we don't like getting our car wet and things like that. But, 
But our kids, Love like it. my kid, when it rains, my son, Theo, he is just stomping in the puddles. And I know it's going to be brutal to like have to wash the, the, wash the car a little bit and maybe wash his shoes. But, but the learning that he's going, it's all about the learning, right? If we really think about like, okay, well, yes, if I go hiking today and it rains on me, it's not going to be as enjoyable. But the reality is that actually helps us with, with virtue. That helps us to deal with the things that we're not necessarily psyched on dealing with. But we, we force that to our students. We force that to ourselves when we were young and when we were, when we were adolescents because mom and dad forced us to do that. Mm-hmm. But we need to keep doing that. We need to keep having those experiences. Another big thing as far as technology, we just tell this to our, um, our alumni. So people who go on core trips or WCC students, you know, when they, when they leave and they go back home, especially a core trip, you know, you just experience for the first time ever no cell phones for seven days. And now you're going back to college or back to high school or back home. And, and at the end of the trip, we always ask them, hey, what is something that you can do back at home that can kind of, because you can't take the outdoors home with you, but what can you take from this experience? And one thing they always talk about is the community, the, de- the development of community that happens on these trips is, it can't be explained in any other, there's, it's just amazing. I mean, in seven days, it's almost like you, at the end of those seven days, it's like you knew that person for a year. It's, it's amazing because you're spending 24 seven with them. You're cooking meals, doing dishes, sleeping in the same tent with them. Yep. You know, it's really powerful. So well, what was part of that? Well, part of the way that we grew as a community is that we weren't looking at our phones. We weren't communicating with somebody else via text when I could be sitting across the table from you. So we said, well, how can you bring that back home with you? And so one response we try to get them to come to on their own conclusion, and, and then we tell them how to do this, is if you have a gathering to your, at your house or if you have a party at your house, right at the front of the door, just have a box. Put your cell phone in it. When they walk through the door, ask them to put their cell phone in it. And for those two hours, just engage in the people that are around you. And it's just so much easier when that phone is in a box than when you feel it vibrating. Yeah. Because then you feel bright and you're not going to pick it out because we said, hey, let's not use our cell phones, but I got to go to the bathroom and now you're in the bathroom texting someone because you don't want to be rude. Right. But does that, you know, I love text. I love being able to like contact someone and get an immediate response. Yeah. But the problem is, is we think that we're bound to that. Like, I think, like, if my brother sends me a text right now or if my colleague sends me a text right I have to answer it right now. You know what? If I'm at a party for two hours, I can put the phone, unless I'm a doctor on call or something, right. like, put the phone right. away. If, my, if, if I have somebody text me, two hours, it's going to be okay. Yeah. I can wait until after the party, and then I can actually engage in the people that I'm with. Same thing at Starbucks. You know, if you're eating at Starbucks and your phone rings and it buzzes, now, maybe you're not picking it up because you don't want to be rude, but your brain is now focused on, oh, I wonder who texted me. I yeah. wonder if it's my mom. I wonder if it's my friend. I wonder if it's my boss. I wonder if it's my, you know, my employee. Like, I wonder if it's my kid. Well, in all that wonder, you're not engaged in that conversation with that person across yeah, the table from all you. that wonder, quote unquote, right? Exactly. It's anti-wonder. It's anti-wonder. Exactly. Is, yeah. uh, I mean, it's not a rare occurrence where I come from in California to go out to dinner with my wife and see a couple next to me oh my just gosh, at the table talk the whole just texting oh, yeah. on their own phone, not even yeah. look, looking at and each other. And then kids are on their phones and you yeah. see a whole family of four or five that are all on their phones yeah. doing their own thing. There's no communication whatsoever. Yeah. And I, and like you said, it can wait. And I, I've, um, 
even when I'm on the giving end of that text message and I don't get a response, yeah. it doesn't bug me. I almost like, I'm like, I'm like, wow, this must be a respectable guy. He doesn't have time to text me. Yeah, right don't. Back, it must you know? be busy. Like, wow, that's impressive. <laughs> it's like the opposite. Yeah. yeah. Like we used to think like, oh, I need to respond immediately. Text. I need to text this person back so they know that, that, that I care for them or that like, that like I'm responsible. And, and now it's almost like we're getting to the point where like, when I, exactly. If somebody doesn't text me back, like, wow, they must be busy. Right. Or if I don't text them back, well, they, they, they'll know that I'm busy, which is probably a good thing for us to like get, get off of this idea that I'm supposed to instantly be there to give you the answer. And it makes you think about your words. Your communications become more intentional when they're not instant. You know, yes. if you take it back even before telephones, go yeah. back a hundred years, you got to write a letter yeah, to somebody. Yeah. You better, How many times you crush the letter because yeah, right. you need to start over. <laughs> you better know what you're saying. Exactly. You know, and then it's going to take three, five days or weeks, depending on where you are to even get this thing. Yeah, totally. Uh, and we just, we lost it. So yeah, we've we lost did. this intentionality. Absolutely. Yeah. And even let's let's talk about this is kind of a tangent, but uh, but grammar is this primer to the to the liberal arts. It's the first thing you got to yeah. learn. You got to learn your letters. Totally. And um, it seems like now, number one, students aren't learning grammar in in grammar school. Yeah, they're learning other things, uh, or not learning other things. Uh, but even communication, it's like being reduced to hieroglyphics now. Hmm. We're not we're yeah. not talking to each other with words. Oh, no, absolutely. There's yeah. feelings and symbols. Well, and we emojis. think about it, communication is, you know, the statistics out there, ninety percent non nonverbal communication. So when I'm when I'm having this conversation with you, there's so many nonverbals that are happening. But when I text you, there's not only is there non no nonverbals, but on top of that, there's assumptions. So like sarcasm, you know, with email and sarcasm with texting, you got to be careful with that. Oh, tell me about right? it. Right? Like, learn that the hard way. And, and yeah. so, so now we're not even learning those nonverbals because I'm just texting people or I'm emailing people and I'm not ever having real conversation, which again, I, I love the school and, and, and how we have that. That we we have that technology. And you guys are serious. You'll find a kid if you see him on a cell phone. Well, their their phone gets confiscated. Like it's it's and and it's it's not it's not like our students don't know how to use phones. They all know how to use phones, and they use them. You know, on week long trips, they're going to take them, and they're going to use them for emergencies, and they can take photos and and things like that. Um, And it's probably not a big issue, right? Well, no, because we're in the wilderness, so it's it's very difficult for them to even be using their phones. Um, But but yeah, I mean, the reality is. There are students who come back from their summer, the students who have been here for a whole year. They come back for the summer, and when they, when they turn their cell phone in, there's, there's this sense of relief yeah. of, like, finally. Right. Like, I can actually just, like, not feel like I'm being tied to this thing. Yeah. Um, I love and, it. Uh, yeah, I love that, that when I was in the coffee shop downstairs, I took out my cell phone, and I got funny looks for doing so. Oh, totally. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I know. Like, it's, like, uh, this guy's yeah. not from around here. Oh, I know. Yeah. I'll, sometimes my, my phone will ring, and it's, like, somebody that I have to, you know, it's my wife or something. And right. I'm, like, I have to, like, run out of the cafeteria because I'm, like, <laughs> I am me. not answering this phone in this cafeteria with all these students here. Yeah. There's no way I can do that. Yep. <laughs> Okay, so tell us, uh, and and for those listening, everybody should do this if they like <laughs> yeah. get out, get out, do the core program. So, so who can do it? How do they do it? Yeah, how do they learn more about it? Sure. So coreexpeditions dot uh, org, uh, or you can also find it off of the Wyoming Catholic College website. But so C O R, not C O R E. It's C O R Expeditions dot um, Basically, you can call us up. You can check out our email or our, our website. Uh, essentially, what we are is we're a Catholic outdoor program that provides 
wilderness ministry. Um, all our staff work year-round in this field, so a lot of Catholic outdoor programs out there. Like It might be somebody else who has another job, and then, hey, this week I'm going to take people on this backpacking trip, or hey, during the summer, maybe I'm a teacher, and during the summer I do a backpacking trip here and there. So you could do um, a private group. So we like, do private groups, Let's yeah. say if you're so doing, if you've got, you got a youth group or yep. a young adult group. Or... That's, so we do trips for seminaries, universities, high schools, middle schools. We do trips for dioceses. We've had two dioceses who have actually created a trip for their diocese. We do trips for specific parishes. We did a father-son trip for a parish. And you'll tailor it to their, We will literally customize a course to their budget, to their location. You know, most of the time we try to get them to come out here just because they're going to experience this. You know, if you've been, if, if the Appalachians are in your backyard and live in the East Coast, you, we can come to you, certainly. Right. And if you have 80 people who want to do a trip, we've done trips like that where, where they just can't fly 80 people to Utah, so we're going to fly our five staff out that direction. Um, but but if it's a smaller group, like a high school, we did you know multiple high school groups this year. Uh, you know a, a, a youth group from Tampa, Tampa, uh, Florida, for example, and they fly out to, to Denver. We literally pick them up at the airport. Everything's covered. It's all inclusive. We're not going to like you know uh, penny pinch you for like oh you want to rent this backpack. Like yeah. everything's covered. We got all the gear and all the transportation, all the food. You literally show up. We make it as easy as possible so youth director doesn't have to think about anything other than like hey let's get this group of students but we take care of all the paperwork we we uh the parents literally can pay on or, or the participant can pay right on our website it's super easy to set up a course it's pretty affordable and yeah uh it's half the price of any outdoor program so what am i looking at for seven days seven all, days all in at a land easiest here. thing to think about it's around a hundred dollars per person per day so that's uh, dirt cheap yeah you're flying into that, Denver, co- that Colorado. covers food covers food it covers everything it covers your backpack your sleeping bag if you're mountain biking it covers Probably your not airfare, right? not airfare you gotta fly nope. in yep you gotta fly in so but some trips uh you know some trips they'll drive we had lsu come out last year oh, wow. uh, a men's group and a women's group and they drove their own cars out and uh, they met us right on location and then uh yeah the, those trips like a week-long trip a typical week-long trip is around six hundred dollars so the flying on saturday leave on saturday do groups typically bring their own clergy from mass or is that um, provided also? Uh, if we we have about 80 priests that we have contact with. No way. And wow. so we do, like if we have a trip that, so let's say, a, let's say a group booked a trip for mid-March. And uh, they said, hey, we don't have access to a chaplain. Great. So we'll send it out to them, um, to all our 80 priests that we have contact with. And then, uh, and then depending on their schedules, sometimes, oftentimes we get a trip where, where a chaplain can come on the trip. But we also do have, we can't guarantee it. So that's the big thing. Um, so a lot of, most of our trips we try to book Saturday to Saturday. So they fly in on Saturday and then we go to Mass on Saturday evening or Sunday morning before we go into the backcountry. And then we're into the backcountry for the week. And then you're flying back home on Saturday. We also, Saturday is great because it's one of the cheapest days to fly on so if you you know if you book a trip early enough the flights are very affordable um but yeah so we we have those contract courses where we not only can we design it around you know the budget how many people you have um how many chaplains you have or if you have a chaplain and then how many um chaperones you have uh we give discounts for chaperones and, and chaplains come for free um we have amazing donors that help us uh provide you know 
travel for chaplains and things wow. like that, um, and also to keep our price down. The reason we get to we get to keep our price down is because our connection with Wyoming Catholic College, because we have a bunch of this gear already. We have 15 passenger vans. We have these things in place. We also have a program that's running. I, I'm, a, I'm a director of the program for the college, and now I can also work with the outreach program. So a lot of our expenses are diminished because we're not just this one-off outdoor program. We're part of this larger organization where we're doing, you know, I'm doing 40 to 50 trips for the, for the college a year. Wow. And then I'm doing about 40 core expedition trips. We're, we're going to do about 40 this year. Um, and so, yeah, it's, but so then we also have, open you're not personally trips. on every trip you said, no, no, I have, yeah. I have a whole staff team that, nice. uh, their missionary staff, they oh, fundraise their salary, which also helps with the price, keep the price low. And, um, and they are outdoor professionals who work year round in this industry. So they're, they're not doing some other job and then they like the outdoors, the outdoors and outdoor ministry is what they is what they do. They have yeah. the same certifications as all the big dogs out there, the outdoor programs like Knowles and Outward Bound. Um, and uh, we're the only Catholic organization that's nationally accredited uh, through the outdoor industry. Um, and so we're, we're trying to, we're really trying to, you know, there's a lot of Catholic organizations that are out doing out there doing these things. Uh, they're typically doing like backpacking trips. So we're, we're trying to not only, not only kind of up the ante as far as safety and risk management and things like that, but we're also we're also doing more high adventure, so rock climbing, whitewater kayaking, whitewater rafting. Um, we do ice climbing trips. We do backcountry skiing trips. We do canyoneering trips. Things like wow. that. So, what's the website again? We'll link it in the uh, show. Notes. Yeah. So so it's core c o r expeditions dot o r g. And was that double meaning of core uh, intentional? Yes. So you got yeah. The so heart in Latin. In uh, so core is heart in Latin. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of this, this double meaning of re- renewing yourself. Well, what are you renewing? You're renewing your heart. You're renewing yourself to, to really being able to hear the call of Christ and be able to be out there, get rid of the distractions and, uh, and be surrounded by his first book. Dr. Tom Zimmer, you have the dream job. I mean, this <laughs> it's is, not bad. This is it. This <laughs> it's is, pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you know that. Congratulations yeah. on the great work and thank, thank you. you for joining us. All right, thank you. Much more from Wyoming Catholic in coming episodes. Make sure you've subscribed. Give us a great review. It goes a long way. Share this podcast with your friends. That's it for now. See you next time. This has been a production of the Albertus Magnus Institute, Incorporated All Rights Reserved.